Today we officially start our Christmas sermon series, and this year we are going through some of our favorite Christmas carols to see the biblical narrative described in them and to learn how these biblical songs can speak to us in our own lives and in our own circumstances. And after each sermon, we will sing together the Christmas carol that we have studied as our song of response. And the choir has been practicing very hard for this, and we are looking forward to this season together. And today we will be looking at the, the Christmas carol, Emmanuel, which is right out of Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, where Gabriel, the angel, says to Joseph, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now the chorus of our carol says the following, Emmanuel, our God is with us, and if God is with us, who could stand against us? Our God is with us, Emmanuel. And to know that God is with you is probably the greatest blessing that any of us could ever have. And I don't say that lightly, and maybe we say it too flippantly, but really, that's the comfort that David knew of. King David, remember in Psalm 23, very famous psalm, when he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me, Emmanuel. He knew he could face even death because God was with him. And that is the blessing we celebrate at Christmas that God the Son came to earth to be with us in life as well as in death. And just as our passage today will tell us. So please stand with me as we read Matthew chapter 1. We'll be reading from verse 18 to verse 25. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to verse 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, the son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit." She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. Verse 23, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Please pray with me. Lord, we ask for your help today as we study this portion of Scripture. We pray that your Spirit, Lord, would teach us. We ask that he would open our, our eyes to the truth that this Christmas carol, Lord, has um, been inspired from. But we pray, Lord, that he would direct our eyes and our hearts and our, and our minds to the truth that is here in the, your Word. Probably a portion of Scripture that many of us have read often or very familiar with. But we do pray, Lord, as we, as we prepare our hearts for Christmas, Lord, as we remember your, your coming to this earth, 
in human flesh. May we see how important this event is. And Lord, that our hearts, Lord, would rejoice. And that, Lord, we would be glad in celebrating your coming as a man to this earth. But Lord, we do pray that you would help us see the significance of this as well. That this just wouldn't be a historical lesson for us, a lecture. But Father, we would see how important this is in the gospel story, Father. And how all of us, Lord, are to respond to it. So we pray, Lord, your spirit would help us to respond in a way that would bring you honor and glory today. So we pray for your help. And we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Well, if you notice in many of the translations of the Bible, the words in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, our portion of Scripture there, most of the versions are all in caps locks or they are in, in quotes. And that is because of these words, they are really a quote from the Old Testament, from the book of Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And God had promised in Isaiah 7 that there was coming a child who would be God with us. And he tells us here that Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of that prophecy from the Old Testament. God is with us through His Son, Jesus. And today we're going to take the time to learn three things that this means for us. Our first point, my first point this morning is, Emmanuel, God is with us, the sign. In Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, the quote that I'm referring to, the scriptures say, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, firstly, just a bit of historical background to this quote in Isaiah. There were two northern kingdoms that had formed an alliance with the, the powerful and dreaded nation of Assyria, and they had invaded the, the land of Judah. And they were plotting to war against Jerusalem. In Isaiah chapter 7 verse 2, it tells us that the heart of Ahaz, the, the king of Judah, and the hearts of his people, it says they, they shook as the trees of the forest shake with the wind. They were very fearful. They were scared of this imminent invasion. And that's when the Lord God steps in to assure his people that he has not abandoned them. And he sends the prophet Isaiah to Ahaz to, to tell him not to be afraid of these, of these kings and this coalition that had formed to invade. And he ensures him that their plot against God's people will not stand. And God tells the king through Isaiah the prophet in verse 4, Do not be faint-hearted because of these two stubs of smoldering firebrands. And instead of saying that they were, they were burning and, and blazing, God says that they were just smoldering, that they were just smoldering firebrands. They were half burned out. They were really decaying remains of what might have been once a formidable army. Now they were just smoldering. And the Lord is really calming the heart of King Ahaz by assuring him that these enemies of Israel, they were, they were harmless. They were almost consumed. They were just smoldering stubs. 
But if you know Isaiah chapter 7 and you've, you've read it, you'll remember how fearful King Ahaz was. Fear had, had overcome him. Even though he had received this assurance from the Lord, fear had overcome Ahaz. And at this point, Ahaz is so shook up that he, that he shows his, his disbelief by refusing to ask Isaiah for a sign to authenticate Isaiah's encouragement not to fear. And um, I say that because Ahaz was commanded by the Lord to seek a sign. Ahaz was commanded by the Lord to seek a sign, a clearly supernatural event that would confirm Isaiah's promise of safety to Judah. But he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. Asking for a sign from God is, is often evidence of a, of a lack of faith. We see that in, in Matthew chapter 12 as well as Hebrews chapter 11. But here, Ahaz's refusal to ask after being commanded to do it is instead evidence of his lack of faith. Ahaz was being disobedient to a direct command from the Lord. And the Lord himself provides a sign to validate Isaiah's prophecy of safety. And that was the birth of a child. That was the sign, the birth of a child. And Isaiah then launches into a prophecy that combines God's, God's near reference to, to, um, to deal with this immediate um, political, geopolitical situation. And then, of course, the far promise that deals with his fulfillment of his covenant commitment to David through a virgin child in um, Isaiah chapter 7. And in the long view, in the, in the focus of, of the text, though this prophecy refers to, to Jesus directly, both Matthew and Luke make much of the fact that, that Jesus was born of a virgin. And Matthew calls him Emmanuel, really connecting that prophecy to Isaiah chapter 7. And the point I'm making here is that this prophecy was a sign of God being with King Ahaz, as well as God's people. As well as God's people. But sadly, this King Ahaz had no interest in God being with him. He had no interest in God being with him. It's not that Ahaz was, was an atheist. Um, Ahaz believed in God, but he chose just not to, not to trust in God in this situation. Ahaz refused to trust in the Lord, and instead what Ahaz did in response, he put his trust in the king of Assyria. Rather than trusting the Lord to deliver him, he went to the king of Assyria. Ahaz surrendered to one enemy in order to defeat the other enemies that were invading. And he refused to trust in the God of Israel and instead submitted himself and his kingdom to an enemy of Israel, Assyria. Ahaz was a spiritual man. He knew the Old Testament. He was interested in spiritual things. And he would even make great spiritual sacrifices. We learn from the Old Testament that he eventually ended up making human sacrifices, sacrificing his own two children, his own two sons, to the false god Molech. We see he rejected the sign, he rejected God's protection, 
for the protection of a, of a false God and, a, and an ungodly kingdom. And I find this hugely significant in our day and age as we apply this. You know, I think Christmas time for many is a spiritual occasion. Evidence of that is the church attendance at Christmas. Sometimes people will never go to church during the year, but when Christmas comes, they find themselves in church. Our churches will be packed on Christmas Day. And people who never go to church will somehow think that it's necessary to be at church during Christmas. They find themselves being spiritual during Christmas. And for many people, Christmas is a time of hope. It's a time of peace or goodwill. A time to celebrate the potential in, in humankind. And they become spiritual. But the question I ask you today is, is do you believe in the sign that God sent us in His Son, Jesus? Do you believe in the sign Emmanuel, God with us? And the problem with King Ayers is that even though he was spiritual in some degree, in, in a strange degree, he had no relationship with the God of the Bible. He had rejected the God of the Bible. And from what we know about King Ahaz, he did not have this, the, the, the persecuting spirit of his grandson Manasseh, who we know he was terrible. Manasseh persecuted the prophets and he persecuted the people of God like, um, like nobody else in the Old Testament. And in some ways you could say, Ahaz was a nice man. He was a nice guy. He never killed other people, even though he, he sacrificed his own children. In some ways, Ahaz was a, was a forward-thinking, progressive modernist. And he seemed to be impressed with technology, apparently introducing the Babylonian innovation of the, the sundial to Jerusalem. That came from, from Ahaz. Ahaz, he was in love with innovation he was in love with, with new things, and he didn't hesitate to bring these innovations into his own worship. Ahaz had the influence of a, of a godly father and a, a godly heritage from the line of, of David. But despite all of these things, he would not believe in the sign. He would not put his trust in the sign that God had given through the prophet Isaiah. Instead, he put his trust in himself. He put his trust in man and instead of in the living God who reigns from heaven. Ahaz's reign was a disaster. If you read the, the story of Ahaz, probably the worst among all the kings of Judah. He was possessed of much that men admire. He had many things that people looked at and and wanted, and that people even magnify today. But all of this, the scriptures tell us, without godliness is of absolutely no worth. What does it benefit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? And unfortunately, that's what happened to Ahaz. And unfortunately, that's what's going to happen to many people in church on Christmas Day this year who want what the world has to offer, but will not receive the sign that God has offered. That leads to my second point. Emmanuel, 
God with us, literally. Turn to Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, which we looked at earlier this year, we spent some time studying the book of Philippians, and, and we looked at this verse very carefully. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. We saw that, that Jesus, fully God, humbled himself by becoming a human being. And this isn't a fairy tale. This is here recorded in the Scriptures. Fact. The invisible God became visible. He became flesh. He took on flesh in the full view of everybody to see. He became a man. He wasn't created. Jesus wasn't created at that point. He simply took on flesh. He became a man. Jesus did not cease being God when he became human, but rather his glory was veiled in this human flesh. He laid aside his glory as God in order to become a man. He was truly God and he was truly man all at the same time. God was literally with us when Jesus came to earth. This was not just some baby who was born that day in Bethlehem. This was God. Literally, this was God. And that's the beauty of Emmanuel. He didn't come as an angel. He didn't come as some spirit manifesting itself from, from time to time. He took to himself bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. And no other religion can give such comfort and such hope. If you want to know God, look at Jesus. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 tells us, In Him the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. In Him, in Jesus, the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. If you want to know who God is, look to Jesus. God literally, physically came into this world in the person of Jesus Christ. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And as our song says, if God is with us, who can be against us? God with us. But He is more than that. He is God for us. If you put in your faith in Him, that is, Jesus would bring salvation from Israel to the nations. He would grow up to be the suffering servant who would give his life as a, as a ransom for many. He would shed his blood to, to ratify a new covenant, the securing forgiveness of all of his people. And he would gather disciples from every nation on earth, uniting them in his church so he could dwell with us forever. And in this way, God is with us, Emmanuel, because he sent Jesus to give his life for us. And God does not come to dwell with us because we've been good, but because he is good. And please, let's not confuse this, our Lord's visitation with the arrival of Santa Claus this, this year, okay? In his goodness, he sent Jesus to ransom us from captivity to sin and make us ready to dwell with him both now and forever. 
Because He is good, not because we are good. This is the good news of Christmas. And the reason why Jesus is the name above all names. But God with us may not be good news for everybody. Can I just say that? There may not be good news for everybody. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that even though God's people have had God with them, Emmanuel, just like King Ahaz, their sin disqualifies them from God's blessings. Even though God was committed to doing good for His, his chosen people, God's history with, with Israel and the nations demonstrates the way sin undermines His good plans and renders God with us bad news for those who reject Him because of the judgment upon Him. And so again, I'm asking you, not if you are, are spiritual, but is God with you? Have you put your faith and your trust in the incarnated Son of God? If you have, if God is with us, who can condemn us? To quote the Scriptures, Jesus Christ is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, and who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. If God is with us. If God is with us. Thirdly, Emmanuel, God can be with us personally. And even more than that, when we receive Jesus Christ personally as our Lord and Savior, then God is with us. Then God is with us, literally in us, when we are saved. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Verse 15 says, Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? Do you recognize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless you fail the test? So here these words of the Apostle Paul are really challenging us to test ourselves as to whether or not God is in us, whether or not we are really genuine Christians. And the test is, is Jesus Christ in you? I'm not asking you whether you go to church. I'm not asking you whether you've been baptized. I'm not asking you whether you take communion or whether you've been dedicated as a baby. I'm asking you, is God in you? Because that is what a real Christian is. God dwelling within them. In us. In our lives when, when we are 
saved? Have you been born again? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 is a, is a verse that you need to memorize. It tells us, In Him you also, after, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise. This verse tells us that when we hear the message of Jesus and we put our faith and our trust in the gospel and our hearts believe in this truth, God's Holy Spirit comes into our lives and seals us and seals us for the day of redemption. That is like the the Roman emperor's seal during the time of the, the book when it was written. That seal that was put on something to indicate that it belonged to the the Roman emperor. And in the same way, this verse says that God puts His his seal, He puts His his Holy Spirit seal on us when we are saved. Ephesians chapter 4 goes on to tell us that the Holy Spirit seals us for this this day of redemption. And nothing can separate us from God because of this, this Holy Spirit seal which is one of the reasons why we believe that a genuine believer can never lose their salvation. God Himself has put the seal on us, and nothing can break that seal. Nothing can tear it apart. The Roman emperor's seal was was broken many times when people opened the the letter. Remember when Jesus was in the tomb? The Roman emperor's seal was on on that tomb, and it was broken when that rock was moved away. When the tomb, at the tomb when Jesus rose from the dead. But nothing can break the seal of God's Holy Spirit on our hearts. And that's the assurance that we have because of what Christ has done, because what God has done through His Son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, no one shall pluck them out of my hand. And what this verse also tells us is that when we are saved, And when we are sealed, God's Holy Spirit, He comes into our life. God is now with us, literally. He is in us. He is in our life through faith in Jesus. He is Emmanuel. God is with us. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 says, Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, whom you have from God. And God's Holy Spirit lives inside of us. He is God with us. And He convicts us of sin, and He teaches us the scriptures, and he points us to Jesus. Romans 8 verse 15 says, You have received a spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. When the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of Jesus Christ, when when he comes into our life, he, he gives us this confidence that God is our Father. We can call out to him. He is no longer our enemy. We are now seated at his table. He gives us this confidence that we can call Him Abba Father. God is with us. God is in us through His Holy Spirit because of our faith in His Son, Jesus. And if He is, then just like Ahaz in in Isaiah chapter 7, we don't need to tremble like the trees in the wind because of the difficult situations that that we face. We have the sign. We have Emmanuel. God is with us. 
You know, when that angel appeared to Mary that day and said, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. He didn't mean that everything was necessarily going to be easy for, for Mary. Think about all the things that she would have to go through. There would be a pregnancy that no one was going to believe or no one was going to understand. They had to flee from their, their country for a foreign country while the king of, of your land now tries to kill you and tries to kill your son. And several moved from country to country because they were trying to track Mary down and, and kill them. Think of the things that Mary would go through watching her son become a, a controversial public figure, loved by some but, but hated and maligned and, and persecuted by others. Think of some of the things Mary would have to go through. She would have to stand and watch her son be publicly humiliated and, and mocked and nailed to a cross and, and bleed to death there before her very own eyes. What Mary would go through wasn't easy at all. But God was with her. God was with her. And they made all the difference. They made all the difference. And the same thing will be true for us. Don't let anyone tell you, just give your life to Jesus and you'll have an easy life. That's a lie. The Christian life is, is not easy. It wasn't easy for Mary. And it won't be for any of us either. But if Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, then the Holy Spirit is in you. He dwells within you. And God is with you. And that makes all the difference. God with us. And that means that God is right here with you every day of your life if you are truly saved. That has huge implications for all of us if God is with us. He is God with us. He is Jesus with us every second. We don't have to, we don't have to line up and, and wait our turn to, to speak to Him like, like children have to do with Santa Claus. God is with us. When we become Christians, He comes into our life and He is with us and He is in us all the time. If you're a Christian, He will speak to you in His Word if you look to Him every day, if you trust Him. He will guide you. That's His job. That's the Spirit's job. He will lead you to all truth. Let me conclude this and bring some application this morning, this afternoon. The problem is that I think too many people assume that God is with them. Really, without the benefit of really having Jesus in their life, I think that's a huge problem. And that's why we're so careful to preach the gospel during Christmas time, when we have all these visitors. And we did that last night. Pedro shared the gospel clearly with, with all the visitors that, that came. People who assume that they come to church once a year are Christians, that God is with them. You can't just assume that God is with you. We need to remember we have sinned. All of us have sinned against the Holy God. And this means that we have offended God. And we have driven Him way back. We have driven Him away because of our sins. You have to do something about our sin, about your sin, to get God back to be with you and in you. And that something 
is receiving Jesus as our Savior. That something is receiving Jesus as our Savior. When you have Him as your Savior, then His Holy Spirit comes into our hearts and, and God is with us. But if you don't have Him as the Lord and Savior of your life, God is not with you. Please understand it. You must have Jesus in order to have God with you. You know, it's like the, the smallpox vaccine, which was discovered in Europe in the 1800s. You know, for many years, smallpox had been a, a deadly plague. It had been killing over a third of everyone who caught it. Much more serious than our COVID plague. But just before the 1800s, they developed a, a smallpox vaccine. And those who took it would come down with a mild case, but then they would be immune. And this was a, an amazing and a life-saving innovation. But just imagine, after the discovery, someone could go around saying, we're saved, we're, we're saved, they've, they've cured smallpox, they have the vaccine, we're all safe now, we're all saved. And they could be so excited about it. And they should be excited about it. That's good news. There's a cure for, for this life-threatening disease. But what they need to be sure and realize is, is that it is really only good news if they take the vaccine, isn't it? It doesn't save them. It doesn't no good to them if it just sits on the shelf. And it's the same thing with Emmanuel, God with us. This is amazing news. This is good news. We had driven God away by our sin, and He was rightfully angry against us because we rebelled against Him. But now, Jesus has come. Emmanuel, God with us. And now God can indeed be with us and even in us all the time if we are willing to repent of our sins. And ask Him to forgive us. And just like the good news of that vaccine, it is only good if we actually take the cure. Jesus is the cure. And just like you've got to receive that vaccine into your body to receive its benefits, you have to receive Jesus into your life to be saved. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, As many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become the children of of God. And that's a question we need to ask our friends, our families, ourselves this Christmas. Have we received Jesus? Is He with us? Do you believe this record God has given of Emmanuel? Do you see how low Christ stooped to be God with sinners? And do you experience the blessings of God with us? These can only be yours through a new birth from above. And his birth calls us to ask, have I been born again? Is God with you? And the last verse of the, the song, Emmanuel, which we are going to sing in a moment, says, So what will be your answer? Will you hear the call of him who did not spare his son, but gave him for us all? On earth there is no power, there is no depth or height, that could ever separate us from the love of God in Christ. I'm going to ask the choir to please come up as, we, as they will lead us in singing this song together. But this is our song of response, and I, and I pray that you would respond 
to the truth of this song in the scriptures that we have just read today in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Let's pray together. Lord, we do thank you for your word. We do thank you for sending your son to this earth for sinners like us who did not deserve it. And Lord, we are amazed at your grace. And this Christmas, Lord, help us never, never to take this wonderful gift for granted. And pray, Lord, that we would be examining our hearts. But Lord, that we would feel the urgency to be willing to share this truth with others who may be taking this truth for granted, assuming that God is with them. Help us to be intentional about sharing Christ with others this Christmas. As we sing this song, Lord, may this be true of all of us today, that Emmanuel, God, is indeed with us. And I pray if there's someone here tonight who doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior and that God is not with them and they cannot sing this song truthfully, our Lord, I pray that you grant them repentance today, that they would put their faith in the fact, Lord, that you came to this earth when you sent Jesus amongst us to die on a cross, to live a perfect life, to, to die a perfect death, to seal us for the day of redemption. Lord, I pray today that you would save the lost for your glory and for our joy. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh.